on this episode of AV Week, the pros and cons of cloud control, manufacturer-specific certification, and the growth of regional AV groups. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 374, recorded Friday, October 26th, 2018, Cloud AV. And support for AV Nation is brought to you by Buy-In and by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. This is AV Week your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to chat about the news and information this week. Uh, an oldie but a goodie. His name is Chris Bach, coming back from us to us from Extron. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, also with us for the very first time, uh, but I've known Cassie for uh, a number of years. Uh, her name is Cassie Berger, and she works for sure. Welcome, ma'am. Hello. It's gone. Uh, Cassie is due north of me in Chicago. Chris is out west in uh, in beautiful. Well, you're in Anaheim today, aren't you? That's a fact. The world headquarters. The world headquarters. Actually, we also recorded today uh, ITAV with the with your your cohort Derek Jonkos, who is not in Anaheim. He's, he's out east. So making the rounds. Uh, all right, guys. Let's let's kick this off here. Um, first story we've got comes to us from Sound and Communication, and it's about Avix's Women uh, Women's Council. Their local groups have quote unquote doubled since Infocom. Um, and what that means is there are 32 regional groups of this Avixa Women's uh, Council throughout the globe. Um, actually, in about two or three weeks, uh, we're recording this the last Friday of October, two, two weeks from now, I'm going to be in Chicago for their regional uh, group. I think Kessie's going to that one. Um, also, uh, it, it, next week at New York Digital Signage Week, I'll also be at that one. Um, so they've got them all over. Uh, we did a special with a number of, of the, the women that are putting these together. Uh, Southern California has got them now, Tampa, Orlando. So they're, they're really, really kind of grabbing onto this whole regional idea. Uh, Chris, I want to start with you on this. Uh, when it comes to um, the, the regionalism of, of this and, and having a VIXA, this resurgent of a VIXA, groups and, and uh, the councils, how important is that to make sure that the AV community and the AV professionals within a certain uh, geographic region have folks that they can kind of lean on and encourage each other and, and kind of get together like that? It's very important. It's great news that this is happening. We would love to have more women in AV. We just need more people period also in AV, particularly in the Bay Area and San Diego, people are jumping all over the place trying to find more qualified people, may as well be women. We have a number of women here at Extron for decades in engineering positions. That's how I met my wife. She started here a year after I did. We both did application engineering here and we both got here very different ways. I got here through my career advisor and she had her resume out just through all sorts of different ways. We have an engineering manager in Raleigh, Ilham Amar, one of our national technical trainers, his wife is a software developer over there. So that's great that this is getting some traction and actually happens. When I was in college, there was no program 
for AV. We spent maybe five minutes in one class one day talking about Sempty 170M, which is NTSC. Holy cow, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it's in this page in your textbook if you actually care about it, want to read more about it. And then we went on and talked about something else. So my exposure to AV prior to coming here was just by happenstance. If I hooked stuff up, it would work, but I didn't know why. So any of these organizational efforts that can ultimately get people excited about this exciting industry that we're in, I'm all for it. Cassie, I mentioned the fact that, that in a couple of weeks, the, the Chicago uh, group is, is having an event actually at an NEC's uh, location there in, in Downers Grove of Chicago. How important is this, both from a, a AV standpoint, like Chris said, but also um, from you know getting women involved in STEM and and in the AV industry? I mean, I think it's incredibly important. I think um, I've personally seen a huge change over the last ten years. Uh, when I first came into the industry and was working with my dad, it was a very small group of women that got together at Infocom for, you know, a happy hour and then there was a breakfast, but it was a small group of women. Um, and to see it evolve and change over the last so many years, it's great. And Chicago, um, I'm looking forward to attending that event. And then we're also hosting one at Sure in, in January, but just to have a chapter there, it's just another way of networking. Um, and I think we come with a different perspective in the industry as women uh, and we, we approach it and with a different different visibility, but um, different relationships and the ability to build different relationships and unique relationships. So uh, not only from a sales standpoint, but be able to kind of have those technical individuals involved too and learn from them in a smaller environment is really beneficial. And it's um, agnostic to product for the most part too. So it's over encompassing like broad perspectives of industry changes and what's going on. So it's a nice opportunity to meet with those people. Well, and talk about that for a second, because Cassie does is, is kind of a second and third generation AV professional. But even when you were coming up, you've been an engineer, you've been you know, a designer. Now you work for a manufacturer, for an integrator, but now you work for a manufacturer. How how have you been able to, you know, keep evolving and, and developing as an AV professional with, you know, maybe it's in some of these regional ones, but maybe it's been some of those that you've just kind of gathered, at, like you said, at the Infocom show. Well, I think it was osmosis from my dad growing up. Uh, any technical knowledge I have is from him. Um, but also, uh, I mean, I think as you, I kind of went through the natural progression of your rep and rep, there are very few female reps. I've noticed that. Um, they really are, I mean, it's more popular with the manufacturing companies. You, that's where you see a lot of the women in AV. Um, and I just think, I mean, you have the ability to really make strong connections with these other individuals because there's such a small percentage of them in our industry in particular. Uh, but I have seen a burst um, from a sales standpoint and the sales individuals who are coming into the industry, you see top integrators and they're bringing on more and more women in these sales positions and they're doing really well. So I think um, the one thing that I look forward to is more training opportunities and strengthening more of the technical abilities and skill set because you still don't see a ton in the engineering side or techni technician, technical side, project management. Um, so that's growing still. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Our next story comes to us from uh, AV Network and SCN. Uh, LED Works and Minlon, Minlion uh, USA is de debuting the unicorn cloud-based lighting control. And what this is, is uh, it is real-time um, lighting control for uh, the unicorn Twinkly 
um, uh, RGB LED lights. Just rolls uh, right off the tongue. I know it does, uh, especially the twinkly part. Uh, that sounds <laughs> like, amazing. It does. Yeah, is this a unicorn? Is that what I heard? Unicorn, yeah. The name of the thing is Unicorn. Uh, the new system is Unicorn uses Unicorn field controllers uh, that are configured via Wi-Fi. Uh, Cassie, I wanna, I'm going to start with you on this because I, I know sure has been developing some, some apps. Extron obviously has apps as well. Some of this is working in the cloud, some of it's not. What are some of the dangers of the drawbacks when it comes to um, putting things in the cloud, I guess is the best way to ask this because um, you, you, you know, whether it's, I guess the best way to ask this is, is there a component where, like as a manufacturer, you guys would be concerned with putting everything in the cloud or using your software saying, okay, here's a local application that you can put on your computer, but we also have a cloud version as well. I mean, I think the key consideration with anything software-based or when you get into UC in general is going to be security. Um, and I think it's top of mind for manufacturers. And so it's making sure that we're putting forth our best effort to protect our customers um, before presenting a product to market that might leave them vulnerable. So I know we have a lot, we put a lot of effort into taking that in mind um, at Sure. And as we do see more software capability coming, I mean, that's really the direction the industry's headed. Um, I think that for all of us, that's, we want, we need to be relevant. We need to be very involved um, with cloud-based services and making our products as cloud-based and software-based as possible. However, um, not willing to risk anybody's security um, using AV products. So I think it's adaptability. I think we're, we're all adapting, but um, it's definitely top of mind and it's trying to keep ahead of the curve as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, same kind of question. You guys obviously have uh, a couple of different control systems, uh, yep. configuration, but you also have the Python-based uh, programming language as well. Is, is there a, a risk here of, of making sure that, or, or is there a risk here of, of putting things exclusively in the cloud? Or is it something like, like Cassie said, making sure that, that it's, it's secure uh, regardless of where it is? Well, that's obviously the buzzword in the industry today. Anything IT related that touches the it's network. Not, security. It, should, AI, it's, it shouldn't just be buzz. I mean, security is, is a significant concern. Well, I say that because take your pick, your flavor, your breach of the month is what oh, I mean yeah. by okay. that. Okay. So okay. I've had my identity stolen five times. So my name is all Seriously? Yep. What is so attractive about you that somebody's stealing your identity? That Who could blame them, right? Tell me the secret. <laughs> I, I, assuming that they knew what they were looking at. But anyway, Target, Equifax, Home Depot, the U.S.-Mexico border where I installed equipment for the government. So there's That's four. So, yeah, it's gnarly that this five goes on times, though. five Ooh. times. So I actually paid to freeze my credit with Equifax, TransUnion, and Expedia, or Experian, whatever the other one is. I had to pay to do that. And now, of course, there's a law that went through, so I don't have to pay if I'd have waited. But whatever. That's a different subject altogether. So when I say buzzword, that's what I mean by it. it seems like it's always on my mind. But that's just one concern, right? Security. Another is timing. So if everything's in the cloud and I have to touch something somewhere else, hop, skip, and a jump away on the network to get there, how quickly will it actually act on me pressing a button somewhere else? I'm used to walking into a room, pressing a button on a push button panel or on a touch panel, and it happens just like that. So you introduce variable latency sometimes by doing that. 
And then another thing is in AV, there's lots of analog legacy equipment out there still that's either you're doing RS-232, IR, relays, digital IOs, at which point you can't just have something that has an Ethernet jack coming out of it. You've got to have another thing that has traditional ports coming out of it. So sometimes you wind up not really cutting the cord so clean, so to say. You wind up with a hybrid system where you still have these boxes that we're used to in the end. So I was just at a Bay Area college uh, a couple months ago going in classroom after classroom where the web page for the cloud control system says that it can't reach the server. And sometimes you just hit refresh on the browser and it'll come up and then you can use it. But what professor wants to show up and see that time after time? So we're replacing 200 some odd rooms on campus with traditional control where there's a switcher scaler and a control processor built into it. And then we'll just have a simple push button panel right there in the room. So there's no need within the room for the network and the cloud to be a-okay. It'll work perfectly, but you can still have Global Viewer Enterprise in our case, looking over all of these rooms so that if someone was in trouble, they could get help from someone somewhere else. So is there, let me ask you this, because you, you mentioned Global Viewer Enterprise, that which requires the network, right? That's right. So it, it is a version of a cloud-based because the Global Viewer Enterprise, like a lot of other asset management software, it lives on a server somewhere. It can That's be right. a virtual server, but still it's, it's a server. Yep. Is there a point at which this will become tenable, where it will become, um, you know, something that not only is the AV industry, but also the the end users themselves will become comfortable because we're getting to a point where the internet is becoming ubiquitous. I'm, yep. you know, I'm a tenant. The internet of things. When you don't have the internet, they think there's something wrong with the world, right? The, yeah. The, you know, there's no internet, so, you know. Therefore, nothing works. Exactly. I'll go home and eat a sandwich. But but they are a part of a generation that has never grown up without the internet. Right. right. We're getting to a point where, you know, you look at, at a lot of the cell carriers in the U.S. at least, they're advertising, well, you can get, you know, access everywhere now. We have this many coverages. You go overseas and they, they also, those cell carriers also advertise ubiquitous connection regardless of where you are in country X, Y, and Z. Are we getting to a point where this is going to be so ubiquitous where the systems that we all put in that you're right, still carry 232, still have, you know, relays. And there are ways to get those on and off and uh, off a network too. There are absolutely mm -hmm. uh, uh, devices that can do that. Is there going to be a point where we as an industry are going to have to say, okay, it's kind of 90% in the cloud or maybe 80% in the cloud. Probably look at it. I mean, when I started at Extron in 2000, the only thing that was on the network was the computer we used to place the sales order for AV. Now we're doing control, we're doing audio, we're doing video, we're doing it all. So absolutely, it's just a matter of time before you reach that point of critical mass where people are used to it and just expect it pretty much everywhere. And yeah, who knows if that's tomorrow or next year or five years from now, but yeah, we'll get there. I think it's tough because how do you, we're, I think everybody in the industry, the people who have been in it for a while, um, there's this transition going on right now. And as a manufacturer, we want to stay ahead of the curve and introduce these cloud-based products and support cloud-based applications. But at the same time, are we training the old dogs new tricks? Are we investing our time and effort and energy in bringing these, this younger generation up to speed and adapting to what they're used to, which is more of that 
cloud web-based information and access 24 seven. Um, and so how do we stay not only relevant, but how do we support both the integrators who have been around forever and then the new guys who aren't used to the analog devices, aren't used to the black box, are looking for cloud-based stuff. And where is that line and how do you, I mean, it's all, mm -hmm. it's, it's a really interesting time right now, I think. It, it's a very interesting time. And, and I, I, you know, I, I've said this a couple of times and I've written a couple of times. We are in a point where people have talked about millennials for entirely too long, mainly, and I, I say that to, to say this next thing, we're at a, a interesting juncture where you have the old dogs, the, the, the old men and women who have come up in the, in this, in this industry that are the baby boomers that are retiring, you know, they're, they are cycling out the millennials, which is another a, a large group of, of, of population of, of the workforce. They are now not the youngest folks in the workforce. Understand right. that, right? Yep. Millennials aren't. You have the generation behind them. Yeah. It's, it's hard because you lose that engineering knowledge of connecting devices and signal flow and you get into, okay, well, just give me the system that I'm supposed to sell and I'll sell it. But I have no brand allegiance. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but it should be cloud-based. It's UC or so they tell me. Yeah, it's very challenging to relate to who you're talking to. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And this, this next generation did grow up with the internet and they expect apps and they expect things to, to work. And, and as a former programmer, I love having a touch panel somewhere in a control system, right? Mm -hmm. That, that makes me feel better, right? That that's my security. Here's, your, here's your touch panel. But yeah, exactly. The cell phone is now the touch panel, right? Touch uh, and, and, and that makes me sad because I, I like designing. Are you going to join Michael in the corner? Tell I am going to join Michael. My buddy Michael Joyner's crying because Cassie didn't make it down today. So, uh, all right. Uh, last story here. Um, Extron uh, is, is, is uh, rolling out a new version of their AV Associate. I say new because, I don't know, I guess about 10 years ago, I took this and I, I guess I still technically is, am, an, am an Extron AV Associate. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I didn't know because there's a new version of it, right? Um, Chris, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, you guys have a, a certification. Uh, sure has classes that you can take. You guys all do uh, participate in the Avixa um, CTS uh, renewal unit program. What is the value, whether it's internally for the integrators that are listening to this, for them and their techs, and also externally for to have manufacturer-specific uh, certifications? Well, aside from getting those 10 renewal units, once you have CTS and you need to keep it up because you have to have those 30, I think it's units every, every three years. Yep. yep. It just basically keeps your whole team up to speed on technology and validates core business partners in the field to help sell. It's in line with our mission statement, service support and solutions. We've already had thousands of people through the program and I found out a fun fact just this week, Extron as a company worldwide, one way or another, trains 12,000 industry professionals a year. Holy cow. That's what I said, bigger than a lot of colleges. So ABA has been around for a decade or so, getting a lot of new bucks in the industry up to speed, getting a foundation that you can springboard off and take additional certifications. You mentioned XTP, DSP, control specialist, control professional, the list goes on and on. And basically what we're seeing is consultants and consumers alike, customers alike, 
specifying in their bid requirements that people have these certifications because they don't just want any Tom or Jane there installing this. They want someone who knows how it's supposed to be set up. So they're not there in the field figuring it out, calling us, everybody looks bad, project gets delayed, you're wasting time, or it's not just calibrated, just not working as well as it possibly could. So really it's just getting your A-team out there specking it and your A-team installing it. Makes sense. Cassie, same kind of question, you know, whether it's taking a sure class or, or some other, you know, manufacturer specific uh, education, what is the value of getting that education straight from the manufacturer? Yeah. And it's funny, it's good timing. Sure. Just introduced SAI certification as well. Um, and we did look at Extron quite a bit for kind of what you have been doing so successfully for so many years. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's value for the individual. It's something that they take personally with them, um, with the CTS, with everything. So as they might hop around from different integration companies to different integration companies or move into consulting, they have that experience. And it really gives them something to um, tell future employers about and brings value to. Uh, but as an organization as a whole, I mean, it's great to be able to not have to wait for that one or two guys on your installation team to be available because they're the only ones who receive sure certification or extra certification. Uh, when you have a team full of those experts or qualified individuals, you're not going to have to wait to install a system until they're available. Um, and I think as a manufacturing company, we look at it as loyalty as well. I mean, we are providing something we are hoping to assist you in your career and at the same time by doing so you are gaining a sense of brand loyalty and appreciation for the products that we're introducing um so it's it's giving some it's getting some it's a symbiotic relationship and i think uh we're seeing it as more there's there's more willingness and desire for training and certification than ever before Makes sense. Uh, and that'll be a good place to stop. Thank you both so much for joining us. Um, Mr. Chris Bach, uh, how do people find you and or Extron? They find Extron on the web, extron.com. We're on LinkedIn, all sorts of social media as well. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm Chris Bach. B-A-C-H. And if you That's want to one. find some, uh, some some really cool videos, Chris has his unboxing, still call it you know, unboxing videos. Out of the box series. Out of the box. See, they out of the box. He, he opens up Extron boxes. His name is Box. Number. Small screen triumphs. All right. Uh, Ms. Berger, right. thank you so much. Yeah. You've been awesome. Uh, how do people find you and or Shore? Shore.com or on LinkedIn. Same as Extron. All right. Very good. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me on the Twitters because at this <laughs> point I'm complaining about the Bears collapse the last couple of weeks. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, it's been ugly. Um, but go to the website, avianation.tv, avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. We have another weekly program that looks at the residential side, hosted by my buddy Matt Scott. Also a couple monthlies as well. Uh, and we've got some, some coverage coming up. Uh, I mentioned the fact that I'll be in Chicago uh, co- uh, he- uh, heading up there for the uh, Women of the Vixa event this time the time but actually by the time this post i will be in new york for new york digital signage week so check that out we have a live uh, broadcast coming from times square uh at 2 p.m eastern on monday also while you're there please check out our, our underwriter section these are the folks who help us financially help us bring you new york digital signage week and ise in a couple of weeks and actually both sure and extron are two of those we thank them for their support so find all of that and more at avnation.tv 
avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. Thank you.